Have you ever watched the Zach Galifianakis interviews between two ferns? Oh. <laughs> Or between one. <laughs> <laughs> one palm. Yeah. <laughs> this, this setup makes me think of it so much. I can't help but oh, mention yeah. it. You really do look like you're in a jungle right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one behind you. <laughs> I hope that's, I hope that like. I think it's good. It's healthy. It's relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. This is the first episode of the podcast with the new co-host, Telsey. And we're going to talk about some of the exam stressors that students deal with and how you can combat those different techniques and, and tips to get the most out of your study sessions, as well as de-stress afterwards. So... We'll try not to like take too long today, but because okay. students are are stressed and and <laughs> they need it now. They they need it now, <laughs> and we don't want something like overly long and lengthy to to go over or review as far as as students go, because um, they need like actionable points that we can kind of share from our experiences and, mm-hmm. and what we think is best for for them to implement in the in this semester and and in future semesters if they're coming back to school so i think one thing we should start with since this is your first time on the podcast is just taking a brief moment to say who you are and and why you're here and hopefully here for the the foreseeable future as well yeah um okay well my name is telsey and i first and foremost you'll find me here at flow spa on sundays and more to come so stay Mm -hmm. tuned with that um, I am a student, so this is relevant information to me. I'm just finishing up a degree in psychology. And I'm also a personal trainer downtown Peterborough at House Fitness. Um, so you'll find me there lots of mornings and evenings. Nice. So. Yeah, so I know that this is very relevant for you being um, a student and also having some experience in the past being, going through school several times now. And I've, I've done the same thing, so I think over the course of my academic career, I was able to, you know, evolve my my stress reduction techniques and things that I would do during exam season to help me relax deeper or get through that stressful period. And um, as it, you know, it's, it's probably fresher in your mind, so go ahead and sort of talk about a few of the techniques that you use specifically, and then we'll kind of you just jump back and forth on some sure. of those ideas. Um, well, what's first coming to mind is kind of what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've been in school over the course of probably the past, my whole life. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say past 10 years, I've been in post-secondary at least. Yeah. And uh, when I first was in university, taking this first stab at my psych degree, what I would do is just cram, just like throw as much information in my face as I can, and I would spend majority of the time studying, worrying about whether or not I'm studying enough. Okay, yeah. Um, and then really nothing was actually sinking in. Mm-hmm. So I would go into exam stress, I would go in not feeling prepared. So I took note of all of those things. So one of the things that like is my biggest um, technique, I guess, is not cramming. Okay. Um, my max amount of time that I'll study for an exam per day is two hours. 
I will not do anything more than that because I get overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and I know my brain limits. I know, you know, that's my capacity. And if I'm mindful about actually studying the, for those two hours, I get enough information in that I don't need to spend all day until three in the morning doing mm-hmm. that. Um, so the, what I do to kind of make that efficient, those two hours, is rid myself of distractions. So, you know, no cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, no mental stress. So if I'm going through something mentally stressful, I try to deal with that before I uh, actually get into studying so that I can come in with a clear mind. So whether that's just like meditating first or doing some breath work, um, I am guilty of being a, a procrastinator, cleaner extraordinaire. So <laughs> I tend to clean my yeah. space before I start studying because I, I do find that helpful. Okay, it definitely yeah, clears yeah, my totally. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then being realistic within those two hours. So one thing I like doing, I pulled this from my, my training expertise, because I'm, I'm calling it study Tabatas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, a Tabata interval would be doing an exercise for 20 seconds on and 10 second rest for eight times, uh, or eight rounds, and that takes a total of four minutes. But yeah. what I do in studying is I do 20 minutes on, 10 minute either mindfulness practice or just 10 minutes off doing something different, um, eight times. Cool. Or four times, or however many, like however long I have in my window. Yeah. Because I don't get overwhelmed at 20 minutes. I can handle focusing in for 20 minutes and taking in as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, bam, it's done. And I'm just getting into that kind of flow zone of wanting to study. And then I take that 10 minute break and I actually want to get back. As uh, opposed to just being like, I have this endless gap of time. Yeah. And I'm going to do as much as I can because that overwhelms me. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, that's, that's very one of my interesting. Did you? Uh, that sounds very much like the the Pomodoro technique. What's that? You're not even familiar I'm not with that. Familiar interesting. With it now. It's like <laughs> you've invented your own Telsey Tabata studying <laughs> technique that's exactly like the Pomodoro technique. Interesting. So one of the one of the primary productivity techniques. I forget the the guy's name, but he called it the Pomodoro technique for whatever reason. Um, is is essentially the same as what you just said to to get the max to maximize your productivity in an hour is one of one of the ways. I mean, there's there's several depending on, I guess your your like mental endurance to get through an hour or a ninety minute mm-hmm. time frame of deep work in any in any fashion, but it's twenty five minutes of concentrated effort with four to five minutes I think of of like a reset where you're not doing the same thing and that means like you said something very mindful is is great in that time frame Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's really interesting yeah uh, (laughs) I suppose I do that yeah without necessarily following this thing that's like a well-known productivity tool yeah interesting I mean there's there's apps and everything designed around it so right uh, that's that's great I think that's uh Definitely, I don't think I ever really dialed in enough into that kind of uh, actually how you implement the studying and everything. That and I think that's hugely valuable. Knowing now how to like maximize productivity mm-hmm. a bit more and and work around things like that. So, um, I would I would probably say, you know, I'd, I'd get into more of like a deeper like concentrated state. I, I definitely when I was doing the best sort of like exam prep, I'd keep it short too. Mm-hmm. 
and probably not overdo it within a time uh, within a day time span. So things that would help to divide that and sort of reset my brain came to mind a little bit more than the, the study techniques per se. And so I think I think we're probably on the same wavelength with this. Um, but exercise is hugely important. Mm-hmm. So Big time. I mean, I would I would look forward to those gaps or those those schedule, I, you know, even putting it in the schedule to make sure that it, it still had its place when, even when it was exam time and stuff. So what, um, you know, I would have those one to two hours a day, most days where I de-stressed by going to the gym and, yeah. and working out and resetting my brain that way. So do you do anything similar? Yeah, absolutely. I That's a non-negotiable for me first off in regular life, but also especially during exams is movement. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, if we want to bring science to it, blood flow. Let's yeah. get some blood flow to that brain. Let's get things moving. Let's get those neural connections firing so mm-hmm. that things can solidify in your long-term memory. Yeah. Um, specifically for me, I really value stretching okay. in, uh, in exam time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love doing other things too, but stretching is something I emphasize because I find you know, you're sitting at a desk all day and you're in the same position and, and at least for myself, someone who's not used to sitting all day, yeah. um, I tend to really get stiff and kind of just feel locked up. And so I definitely make sure to stretch out my chest um, because one, I can get more oxygen that way, but two, I'm I'm hunched over. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to open that up. Yeah. Um, and I find stretching, like I just said, it, it definitely employs more oxygen into your system and mm-hmm. that's going to help you feel more alert, it's gonna help you retain more information. Um, but you can get that in other ways too. Totally. I, I mean, just talking to Josh yesterday, um, and he was saying cardio is really helpful for uh, memory retrieval. Mm-hmm. I haven't studied it myself, I don't know if you know anything about that, but yeah. he put me through a, a terrible cardio workout <laughs> yesterday, yeah, it sucked. Um, but, I mean, I did well on my exam yesterday, so cool. may- maybe it had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I find, yeah, just movement in general, like whatever works for you mm-hmm. is what's going to make you feel peace yeah. and relax. And so for you, if it's doing strongman stuff, for me, if it's doing yoga stuff, like cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that that's an important point that maybe a lot of students uh, don't fully get yet is that find the things that you actually like to do that are physical. Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, that it's going to be way more rewarding and de- de-stressing yeah. if you're going out and playing soccer, ultimate frisbee, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. find that thing that you like. There could be, I'm sure that the campuses have lots of like physical activity programs going on around exam time. It might be a little bit turned down because obviously everybody's got to focus on exams, but there's probably groups that are doing things that are fun and engaging that are that are physical mm-hmm. because it's true yeah i think the uh, one of the pioneers in that whole like exercise and memory research is john rady and he wrote this book spark that's oh, yeah. about uh, that's all about how m- primarily cardio or, or more aerobic activity mm-hmm. helps with um like memory consolidation as well as like you mentioned with josh saying like memory retrieval so just sort Mm -hmm. of the entire the blood flow to the brain and um i think that there's i think if i 
I read the book a long time ago, so I believe that it actually activates um, uh, BDNF, okay. brain-derived neurotrophic fa factor. Mm -hmm. So that uh, that actually like helps with um, basically stimulating the neurons to to form those uh, new neural neuronal connections. Sorry. Uh, cool. Still early. <laughs> my, my tongue's not fully awake yet. <laughs> um, and and so that's where uh, cardio can help with, with mm. memory consolidation and formation and retrieval. Yeah. So um, definitely the exercise thing. Now, mm -hmm. I think, in my opinion, that's where a lot more students get it get it right as far as their their stress practices or stress reduction practices mm -hmm. um, and hopefully you know that continues to expand to the population and more and more yeah. start working on that aspect but the one that I, th I think looking back on it probably needs more more awareness and everything is sort of the idea of whether it's it's solitude or mindfulness mm -hmm. um, and having sort of that quality whether it's alone time or with with people that you're you're closely connected to, but kind of tuning out the world around you yeah. and getting into a more wholesome and true like state of relaxation. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I mean you mentioned yoga and stretching, and so I know that you're already you're good at this. And what are some of the things that you do to incorporate more of that? And do you mm -hmm. find that it's helping you to handle like the exam stress? Yeah, I mean one thing that. Um, I was just saying to my partner yesterday, one of my non-negotiables in life is um, outdoor walks. Mm -hmm. Partly because I have a dog who needs to move, <laughs> but another thing is just getting into nature and being alone in nature. Yeah. I don't usually invite people on my walks um, because they're my time. I value taking deep breaths and fresh air yeah. and just kind of I like to analyze my thoughts and see, you know, if my mind, like I look at my, my mind from an outside point of view and is it racing? Is it going through like stressing about things? And if it is, how can I adjust that? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then I just kind of soak in the fact that, you know, I found some peace. Nature stimulated me enough to kind of take away the anxiety. Um, so that's one thing I do. Um, another thing is I don't study with people. Um, I know that sometimes having that accountability buddy is good, Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't work for me because I want to just socialize and chat and I don't, uh, I don't stay on topic and I don't stay focused because I, you know, if they flinch or move or make a noise, I'm attentive to that. Yeah. So I find even studying in solitude will help me be more present. Yeah. And one of my kind of study affirmations or mantras is presence is power. Every time I find I'm drifting somewhere, mm -hmm. I just remind myself, okay, being present is my power here, and then I hone back in. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's another good point. I think I, I, I can recall the times, like, for it was funny, for the first four years of my university career, I never once stepped foot into the library, the public, li like yeah. the Robarts Library at <laughs> yeah, U of T, and uh, I sort of, you know, that was where everybody went to study. Yeah. And I kind of, looking back now, I can see how that was a smart move. I kind of just like instinctually knew that wasn't the best place for me to study. Yeah. I get too distracted too easily. Yeah. And like a lot of, um, I mean, 
maybe do something like a like a nature walk or whatever and just contemplate this idea mm-hmm. and or or whatever it takes but each each student's you know a little bit different and whether you're s- sort of towards the introverted or extroverted spectrum i think that's going to impact mm-hmm. where you're going to study best cuz like yep. i hear people talk about you know they go to coffee shops and that's where they get into like a, a deep work sort of mode yep. like they find their flow within like a, a greater community with yeah. the stimulation around them whereas others need like the absence of everything else mm-hmm. in order to deeply focus yep. and so that's something that's hugely important and it takes some time and some learning so maybe if you're if you're still like a young student and going through you've still got a few more years to do this uh, take each exam or each uh, each end of the semester and try a slightly different strategy mm-hmm. and you'll start to dial in which works better for you over the course of the time hopefully you've still got some time to tweak that but if not then um, just you know quickly look deeply inside and see what feels resonates most with you mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah the nature things hugely undervalued I think mm-hmm. um, there's great research and you know some of the best thinkers in the that ever existed made that time for those daily yeah. those daily walks and they used it a lot of them used that as their like meditative time yeah. um, it's very contemplative and and it's actually it even depending on like how brisk of a walk you're going on it, it even ties into the whole mm-hmm. stimulating like your yeah. brain in exactly. that way um, but it's it's funny because you know we're so disconnected from nature and in today's world but the more that you can get back to nature it just seems like everything works better for yeah. you and uh, fortunately I think you know the, a lot of people listening in are going to be in the Peterborough area and Trent and Call and, and yeah, Fleming. Yeah, of excuses here. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Trent's probably the best campus I've I've ever seen for mm-hmm. having access to like nature right away. Oh, it's awesome. You know, and like the the uh, the nature trails, the the wildlife conservatory that's yep. there just around the around the river um, is awesome. Mm-hmm. So getting out and like going for a walk, uh, even like you said, after those two hours yep. of of study time. Like, it might even be enough if you are, like, crunched for time. Mm-hmm. Doing, taking, like, an hour break in nature to go for a walk could be yeah. enough to get you refreshed and reinvigorated to go back to doing another hour or two of studying yeah, exactly. without feeling like that you're overdrawn or, or um, like, taxed too much. Exactly. Yeah, or at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, it's way better than, than just, like, jumping on social media right mm-hmm. away or... or uh, watching TV. Yeah. Well, let's talk science about that. Yeah. Um, So one thing as, I mean, I'm a psych major, so Mm -hmm. I I have all these tricks they've studied to help you study. Yeah. Um, one thing is, uh, not stimulating your brain post study. Yeah. So if you're going to go watch TV right after studying, what you're doing is putting that information from watching TV in with your, it's in your working memory right now because you're, you know, it's gone from short-term into working and then eventually it'll go into your long-term stores mm-hmm. and uh, you're convoluting the information you just studied with what you're seeing okay, on TV. Yeah. And studies have shown that it greatly reduces your memory consolidation. So one of the best things you can do post-study period is take a minute and yeah. let things settle in. You're building those neural connections. You're building those connections into your long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Let it soak into your long-term memory by just 
chilling out. If you can't chill out, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Have a nap. Or what I do is go to nature. Yeah. Um, because that's where I find solitude. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just 15 minutes, you just need a minute to let things sink in. And that's, I've taken that practice even from yoga. That's why, you know, you lay on the mat for a couple minutes after because you're just letting everything you've done sink in for a second. Oh, yeah. And it's just simple central nervous system training, but Uh it's really effective if you just give yourself a minute. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, with that, are there any sort of breathing techniques that you think can help students the most? Yeah. uh, With... Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a handful of breathing, different different breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, One, it depends on what you're looking for. So I kind of have my my basic three that Mm -hmm. I go to. They're like my back pocket breathing techniques. And the first one I use is more of a meditative, like, let's get into the zone, let's get some focus. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to demonstrate them? Uh, Sure. Yeah, you can demonstrate them. um, The first one I use, so I I pull on my breath work from uh, practicing kundalini yoga, which is just a a breath-focused yoga practice. Mm -hmm. Um, This one in particular is just, like, meditation 101. So what I do is the first thing you do is you want to touch all your finger points together. Okay. Um, doing this just stimulates the touch centers in your brain so you're not wandering off mm. and kind of, I don't know, being distracted by other things. Or if you're touching something that has a different texture, you're going to start to kind of tune into that. Right. So here, brain's mm-hmm. occupied. Second thing I do is your gaze needs to be down at where your thumb points are mm-hmm. because um, that actually stimulates, I believe it's your pituitary gland. Oh, okay. To relax, looking down, a downward gaze, as opposed to an upward gaze has been studied to actually stimulate you to have more energy. Hmm. So I like to tune in by looking down mm-hmm. and not closing my eyes because that's when I wander off into, you know, right. <laughs> dreamland yeah. or something. Yeah. So that gives me a focus. And now my sight center in my brain is occupied. Mm-hmm. So basically we're trying to keep the brain busy in a way that's mindful. And then from here, I'm going to take a deep breath in through my nose. And I like to do it for six seconds, yeah. um, but it depends on your lung capacity. Some people get overwhelmed with that, so four is cool too, a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, breathing in through your nose and really expanding your belly, so it should balloon out. Mm-hmm. That's getting you optimal oxygen. So first off, like we were saying, oxygen to the brain, good for memory retention, um, and just good for your brain to work in general, but also good for your whole body, so stress relief in general. So you're breathing in for a count of four or six. Mm-hmm. I like counting because that keeps my brain busy and I don't I don't have the opportunity to wander off into thought. Yep. And then what I do is exhale through my mouth um, and you're gonna do puffs of air. So we're like puffing out. Okay. I like to think about kind of squeezing out like the, the bad bits, whatever's yeah. in your way. So I, I'm taking my six second inhale and then So six puffs six. or four puffs. Six or so four, match yeah. your breath that way. Okay. And then inhale again, um, six. And just continue doing that. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest tips is set a timer so that you don't have to count how many breaths you're doing. You're not distracted that way. So right. I set a timer for about three minutes. That's all it takes. That just gets me in the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the puffs of air, you want to try to pump your stomach as well. So I like to picture my stomach going in is what's squeezing the air out. Mm. So basically, we're just cleaning yourself out. If you can picture... One of the things I picture is like, uh, you know those things that you like flame fire with? Yeah. I forget what they're called, but... <laughs> like the bellows or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just picture that, like <laughs> pumping things through. Right. We're pumping blood through. We're getting oxygen around. So it's setting you up. It's stimulating you in that sense. But mm-hmm. that downward gaze is bringing you into that more zen state. 
So you're getting more relaxed that way. Cool. So that's one of my favorite breath techniques, just to tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do that like before you start yeah. studying. Yep. Or mid-study if I'm feeling kind of... Distracted. Yeah, exactly. Like losing and energy. Exactly. So that's more something you do if you're already feeling kind of level-headed mm-hmm. um, and not too stressed about things. But if you're feeling stressed, this next technique um, is something that I would do. So if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or just like oversaturated, there's too much, that feeling of just like, whoa. Um, this technique is called a cooling breath or a cleansing breath. Um, what you'll do is you're actually going to breathe in through your mouth now. So your nares or your nasal cavities actually warm up the air and filter it. Um, So that goes into your body. So you're breathing in warm air. Um, We want to now cool the body down because Mm -hmm. we're overstimulated, we're oversaturated. So breathing in through your mouth, it's kind of like, you know, when you chew a piece of gum and you breathe in and it's nice and cold. We're essentially doing that to your whole body. So there's a couple different ways to do it. I've learned through teaching this to clients that not everyone can roll their tongue. Mm-hmm. If you can, you're going to do this. Roll your tongue up into like a little straw. If you yep. can't, you're just going to uh, push your lips together Okay. Yep. and breathe through that way. So it's a really similar technique. You're breathing in through your mouth and out through your nose. So it takes a little practice because that's kind of backwards from yeah. what we've all been taught. Um, but what you're going to do is, again, I like the six or four seconds. Yep. Um, and if you need to stimulate yourself by touching your hands together, cool. I like to actually put my hands on my stomach or on my chest so that I can mod- or monitor whether or not my belly is rising yep. or my chest is rising. So yep. just to see that I'm getting full oxygen. Sure. So you're going to inhale through that um, curled tongue. Yeah or your pursed lips, whatever works for you. So this one feels silly. Do it while you're alone if you're <laughs> going to be distracted by that. Yeah. But you'll breathe in. And then out through your nose. So that one I find really helpful. Um, you can feel the cold air coming you can, in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very. Uh... So it's it's very tangible to kind of realize what it's doing. It's mm-hmm. that nice cool air. It's just bringing you down. It's a really good one to do even in the summer if you're like overheated. It doesn't yeah, just totally. need to be mental stress, but uh, specifically for exams, if you're feeling that you know panic and mm-hmm. you can't get yourself out of it with your own emotional regulation system, then yeah. just jump into that breath work. Breath work does a lot of subconscious work that you don't even need to. Yeah. actively do yourself so that's what I would say if you're feeling anxious mm-hmm. and then um, I'd say the big one students are all exhausted um, however they should be getting good sleep that's another, <laughs> another thing we should talk about right. but uh, breath of fire is one of my favorites this is a really effective way just to like pound some energy through your body breath of fire basically rapidly pumps your blood through your system okay um, like almost like CPR would kind of like you're pumping into the chest mm-hmm. and doing the chest compressions. You're going to do that into your diaphragm. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a tricky one to get the hang of, but once you do, you'll realize the benefits quite quickly. Um, it not only increases energy, increases heat in the body. So you've got that blood flow stimulation. It also, uh, actually has been shown to, uh, aid with your immune system because you're getting more oxygen around. So right. it's gonna, basically any metabolic process in your body requires mm-hmm. oxygen. So yeah. it's a really effective way just to kind of give yourself a boost everywhere. Yeah. So breath of fire is a tricky one, um, but it's worth practicing. So you need to build up a strong diaphragm muscle for it. So okay. give yourself some patience in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I recommend is doing really short spurts first because doing this for a long time is challenging. So set a timer for 20 seconds, try it out, mm-hmm. and then incrementally increase from there. Um, 
you can put your hands wherever you please. Again, I like to do it on my stomach or I just set them on my lap. And then what you're going to do is the only active part of Breath of Fire is the exhale. So you don't have to worry about inhaling. Your body's going to do that involuntarily because okay. you just need to get more air in. Right. So what you're going to do is rapidly in and out through your nose. You're going to pump your stomach in and exhale at the same time. Okay. And you're going to do that really quickly. So it feels kind of silly, but the idea is you're... So you're only focusing on the exhale. The right. inhale just happens. You don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. So even trying 10 at a time and yeah. then taking a really big, you'll notice your lung capacity has increased after this. Mm -hmm. So doing 10 and then a really big inhale, exhale, and then go again. Oh, okay. Just to get kind of the hang of it. Yeah. Um, but that one's a big one. I recommend anyone doing that, any students doing that. Let's get a better immune system on you guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's get some more energy going and a little bit more blood flow. Cool. Very so nice. Those are my favorite three. Now, do you have any, like, so one thing that I think I struggle with, and probably a lot of people struggle with, is just, like, remembering to, uh, After 30 minutes, the, the video shuts off. Oh, okay. Number two, the filter won't turn off. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I've, just, I've got it running on, like, continuous right take a, take a breather. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, we need to get those out. I was trying to reach some of the handle of the mop, but I can't get them back. for like remembering yes. like how to do that and then maybe like a few minutes we can talk about floating since uh, yeah. I want to know your opinion on whether yeah now that you've had a chance to try floating as a student like mm -hmm. the benefits there cool.
So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I think the, uh, so the breathing techniques are super important mm -hmm. and getting that practice in is, is really valuable. I find that even for myself, sometimes it's hard to like remember to include those in yeah. whether it's like a daily or weekly practice. Do you have any like strategies you use or what? Just to can, remember to do them? Yeah, like as students that might be like, you know, busy, right. stressed out and distracted, what can they kind of do to remember to implement those things? It's a good question. I, uh, I think I just, I've seen the benefits now from actually doing them that I, I just, now it's like my, my go-to. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm feeling stressed, let's breathe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my first piece of advice is try it and see how it changes your perspective and changes your state. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you really need to, like, do those, my Telsi Tabata intervals um, in your 10 minutes, like, do the breath work. Right. So, just writing it into your schedule, writing it mm -hmm. into your to-do list so that it's, it's intentional and it's yeah. not one of those, like, I'll get to it when I do. Yes. You won't. Yeah. Um, so. So whether it's a paper schedule or if you do use like a digital calendar yeah. or reminder list of any sort. Just put it just in. Just put it in there. Yeah. And yeah. it's easy to overlook because, you know, it's two, three minutes long. And so you're <laughs> just like, oh, I'll remember to do that. Or it doesn't seem significant enough to right. put in your big paper schedule or your big, you know, your online, whatever you use. Yeah. Um, but I've found the effects of it are so profound that it's, it's certainly worth prioritizing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think that's. I will. I will implement that myself as well, and make sure that it, it goes in there. Uh, cool. Just because I think, yeah, everybody can benefit from that breath work, and whatever mm -hmm. whatever it takes to start to form it more as a habit is probably yep. a, a good a good move. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the last thing I think that we can touch on today is is a little bit about this whole interesting world of floating, and if you <laughs> think. Um, not not to be like salesy or anything, but I think it's just a cool experiment now that it's actually here in Peterborough. I yeah. mean, you're still a student. Yeah. You got the chance to. I mean, I never, I don't think I even really found the value of meditation until after university, even though I studied it a lot mm -hmm. in, in university. And we definitely, like we had some professors that like even made us like meditate in class cool. briefly, like kind of guided us through the, the process. But it wasn't until afterwards where I started to actually explore it myself. And so this whole like deeper realm of, of like stress release and med meditation that can and is floating, um, what sort of value do you get out of that? Or do you, um, like obviously I've seen how how awesome that you feel after like floating <laughs> and it's like a yeah. great experience. But um, I think maybe just for there's definitely like it's definitely a cool offer and I hope that students are are, mm -hmm. are coming in to float or try it um as sort of like a de-stress if they don't have these practices down in place for their own sort of meditation or yeah. or like ritual of going out into nature regularly um so what sort of do you think is the the number one thing would would it be best to do would it best to be do like in between exams to like reset um, for the next exam or after all of them are done how should students kind of celebrate with this whole like meditation thing I mean there's benefit to it regardless of when you do it mm -hmm. so you know you're gonna be 
relaxed and that's cool. So if you use it as a, a way to kind of finish off a grand finale of exams, cool. You're going to get the benefits of it. Um, but I would definitely recommend doing it during. Um, whether or not that means, you know, you study for an exam and you hop in the float tank or something like that. Just what I see the benefits of that is um, it's talking about, like, studies have shown that, you know, going to sleep has uh, benefited your memory consolidation. So the float tank has been shown to kind of put you into that deeper state of relaxation. It's not quite sleep, maybe pre-sleep, we'll say. Um, but that's really going to help your memory consolidation. So if you're studying for an exam, let's say you've got an exam tomorrow, make the last thing you do, so study today, you've got an exam tomorrow, go for a float tonight. Let all that stuff that you've studied today sink in. This is giving you that peaceful, non-distracted zone to let things sink into your long-term memory um, without, like you don't have distractions in the tank. You've got total darkness. You've got no sound besides the sound of your own breath should you choose to tune into that. Um, and there's nothing, you know, in your way, touching your body, getting you distracted from that. So a really good place to just like let things, yeah, sink deeper into your mind. Cool. Well, I had to dip out for a quick phone call while you talked about that. <laughs> I hope I made me. sense. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll have to go back and, uh, double check. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking about not being distracted while I was totally. distracted from you being on the phone. So it was, it was good. <laughs> it was very challenging yeah, for, it was your, good. <laughs> for your mind. A little bit of a mental workout this morning. Totally. Awesome. So I think, uh, that gives students a bunch of cool tips and I'm sure we'll be back for more of these sessions as we learn more mm -hmm. about what we can kind of help and offer to as, as strategies um, basically probably next time the semesters roll around so yeah. for for now let's uh, let's bring this one in for a landing and, right. and thanks for thanks for joining me for the first of many yeah, conversations Telsey yeah, it was fun cool Thank you for listening to this episode of the Flowcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend who could benefit from the information. The information that we talked about in this specific podcast was all about students and how to get through exam season. So be sure to share it with any students that you know who might not already have their own techniques and tricks to getting through that stressful time because I think there's a lot of valuable information that was shared in this podcast. Thank you, and we'll talk to you again next time.